Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. It is the holiday season, so make sure Leon Tailoring is on your gift list. That's right, get somebody a nice suit, jacket, shirt, tie, skirt, blouse, coat, or perhaps get them a Leon Tailored gift certificate. That way they can go pick out the actual clothes that they want. Hey, like I said, this is the season, the season to give Leon Tailoring. It's a perfect gift. Actually, you can kind of give all year round, but we're happy to have you at Christmas time or any other time of year. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. That's Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, and downtown Indianapolis. Here we go. All right, check one, two, three. Check one, two, three. We're coming in three, two, one. Well, we are continuing our conversation with various candidates from across the state of Indiana. And joining us now in studio is Destiny Wells, a uh, Democratic candidate for Attorney General. So, Destiny, Ms. Wells, thank you for being with us. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Good to see you again. So, how's everything been going lately? Hey, we just turned the switch back on and we are off to the races. So, we had uh, all of our team return, which is a great sign. People want to be on the campaign. Uh, we have all that infrastructure in place from last year. And uh, so, it was just a, it was more of an exercise in waiting to launch. Uh, and making sure that we were supporting our municipal candidate friends through the election the first week of no- November. So why run for attorney general? Apart from Todd Rakita, which we'll get to in just a bit. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> no, as a little girl, I definitely didn't grow up saying I wanted to be secretary of state. <laughs> Right. Um, I worked in the AG's office first. And but with my military background last year, when the election security issues presented themselves, uh, it just drew me to run for secretary of state and to get my feet wet and see what it's all about. And we are light years ahead of where we started last year. And so with the AG uh, seat being up for grabs uh, with uh, the incumbent right now, um, always on the hot seat, it was too much to resist. And it's also um, you know, it just with uh, my values and, and where I stand, I know the office can be doing so much better. I hate seeing how the office is being used and wielded as a political tool. And I think it should be back to back to business, similarly how we argued with the Secretary of State's office. Uh, what would be your priorities as attorney general? We um, we're running on about a three issue campaign right now, and we're wanting to make sure that everybody knows we know we're running for attorney general. Right. We're not running for U.S. Senate. We're not running for the governor's race. Uh, We are running again for another technocratic office. And so we want to be looking at um, what is being done in the office right now with the abuses of, you know, that um, the investigatory demands. Right. That are being issued to agencies, issued to hospital corporations. So we want to get back to doing business and ensuring that medical privacy uh, is being upheld. We want to um, make sure that doctors are not being, um, you know, uh, taken advantage of uh, in fear of doing work, um, patients not being cared for. So we will be talking about abortion. Um, You know, Todd has this... uh, Uh, Parents' Bill of Rights. And I think uh, as lawyers, uh, especially ones who'd worked in the office before, when he popped off with that Parents' Bill of Rights, it was like, what is he doing? Right? Like, there's the Indiana Department of Education for a reason. And so what uh, we want to do is on the other side of that coin, we have not had a Democratic Attorney General since before right to work. And the needs of workers have changed. And if you look at other states like Illinois, they have a whole division of labor uh, where they are helping workers. So we want to do that. And then third, it is about restoring integrity of the office and being the first attorney general in the last three that will have not had an ethics violation. Which, which is, which is, which is, can't, can't argue with that. Um, when, we, when we talk about uh, the abortion issues, obviously that's a big deal right now. Uh, whether it was you know, the Dobbs decision 18 months ago, uh, whether it was what happened in Ohio, Governor Shepard Kentucky, uh, and also uh, to that fact, uh, 
the the situation down in Texas uh, where the young woman had to leave uh, with medical issues. And then even here in Indiana, you have the Court of Appeals hear arguments, uh, does Indiana's uh, anti-abortion law violate the, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act? Uh, where, obviously, Indiana is a, is a very pro-life state, which, which you all accept that. What is the job of the attorney general when it comes to Indiana's abortion laws? Well, I think the premise that Indiana is a very pro-life state is incorrect. It is absolutely incorrect. Just because our supermajority Republican legislature pushed that through and Governor Holcomb signed off on it does not mean that that's what the people of Indiana wanted. And if you look at polling, that is definitely not what they wanted. And what they also don't want is they don't want a sideshow created by the attorney general. So you have to look at the AGs throughout the nation, right? You have two organizations that are at play here. You have DAGA, which are the Democrat AG Association, and then you have RAGA, the Republicans. RAGA, RAGA, just depends, you know, uh, which part of the country in. And so you have these cohorts of attorney attorneys general who are trying to um, do things by filing these friends of the court briefs or looking for cherry picking um, certain venues where they can file um, complaints to to uh, for for policy ends and also just for political gamesmanship. So if you look at what Rakita has been doing. He's been on these uh, friend of the court briefs, these uh, Amici briefs, where he is leading these efforts uh, to try to have far right policy um, exerted through the court. And what the Republicans are doing uh, is that they are wanting to undercut executive th- authority. So I'm telling people, like, look, it could be a pipeline in Montana. Indiana is on it. It could be climate bill in California. Indiana is on it. It could be the border in Texas. Indiana's physically there. Uh, don't ask me why. Uh, but even the AG's been there, too. Uh, and so we want to get back to actually serving Indiana and get out of these national issues uh, where we're just trying to create, you know, where the office right now is just kind of putting on a circus sideshow for everyone. Uh, one of the things that uh, that the attorney general, will, the current attorney general, will say is that these are these are national issues that will, that will eventually impact Indiana. You know, climate will impact in Indiana. You know, the border situation will impact Indiana. So, what what would be your policy on filing those those, those sort of friend of the court type briefs? Those are issues that could catch up with Indiana, and he's actually taking us the exact opposite direction we need to go, right? And he's also letting all these special interests and corporate interests into his pocket in doing so. If you look at his donations, there are people out of state that are paying him um, to exert that uh, in, in the courts. And so what I would do is I would be where our business needs to be, right? Um, look, if, it, if the situation's different and there's a Republican president, then you'll see DAGA also file friend of the court briefs, right? Um, But it is how far are you stretching those resources? And I've worked in that office before. I worked under Curtis Hill. I worked when um, Hill was getting his license suspended. I'd say it's just as big of a distraction for the line attorneys. And um, what needs to be done is that you're actually concentrating on the people you have. You're having a good office, a good climate. You're attracting talent into the office, attorneys that actually want to work there. Not attorneys, like if you look through the abortion litigation with the AG's office, you will see very good attorneys left the office. They couldn't stand to have their name on those pleadings. And so I would make sure that we are improving the culture and the climate of the office and that we are making good, objective decisions in how that power is exerted. Um, let me ask you this, uh, because like I said, once again, because um, I will say another case that the, the attorney general just filed a friend of the court brief uh, was up in Michigan uh, about keeping Donald Trump on 
on the ballot because uh, Rakita put out a news release and he was sort of leading the charge. I mean, I'm trying to figure out what does Indiana have to do with the way Michigan decides who's on the ballot? Yeah, I, we don't. We don't. But this is but let's look at this, that he also made a very vocal announcement on the day we launched our campaign. Maybe you didn't see it in the paper because we pushed him uh, out of the paper in that regard. But he wanted everyone to know that he was endorsing Donald Trump. Uh, he's look, he's doubling down. Uh, you know, there's this little whisper campaign out there. I think your newsletter may have highlighted it, you know, that he wants to be on the short list for U.S. Attorney General. I find that utterly disturbing. Um, People need to realize that they're being used. They are just being used. He is a career politician. He's been in politics for, what, 30 years now, and he's just looking for the next gig, but he's ran out of gigs at this point. So now he has his eyes on jumping on Donald Trump's coattails back to D.C. Our guest on the program today is Destiny Wells. Uh, She is a candidate for attorney general, as we have our conversation with various candidates uh, for office here in the state of Indiana. Uh, You ran for secretary of state uh, last go around. we polled, so you were tied uh, back in the, in, the, in, the, in the summer, I think it was. You and Diego Morales were tied 44, 42, uh, something of that nature. Uh, but Diego won. Uh, Indiana sort of showed that it was a re- Republican state. What did you learn running statewide the last time around? What will you do differently? What will you do the same? Well, I think we proved our motto, right? Our motto was Indiana, a purple state with a turnout problem. Uh, and so when, what we saw in the last month of the election on Election Day was another turnout issue. That race is much different in that. And one, it was a midterm, right? So, so turnout um, is going to be substantially lower than a presidential. Um, two, we didn't have an opponent uh, until June, right? And Diego, while maybe the inside political circles knew who Diego was and would laugh about it, uh, not the rest of Indiana didn't really know who he was. They know who Todd Rakita is, and this is a presidential. Um, so um, I, I do want to highlight the numbers last year, is that we had the closest margin in a Secretary of State's race since 2006. Since 2006, that's multiple Secretary of State races. And in 2006, that's when Todd Rakita only won by about five to six points for his Secretary of State's uh, spot then. Our guest program is Destiny Wells. Um, so uh, obviously, uh, since it's a presidential year, more people will come out. What is, uh, what is the Destiny Scott plan to, to turn out those voters that you folks need? Yeah, we have to mobilize and turn out. It just can't be a bunch of uh, ranting all year and then show up on election. I think I saw you on election day last year, right? <laughs> <laughs> you kind of look around and you're like, hmm, that line doesn't look as long as I, <laughs> I wanted it. Uh, <laughs> no, um, we are just going to continue to give hope to Hoosiers that they can have somebody in the AG's office that is going to protect them. Uh, you know, the abortion issue, uh, some people want to run a one-issue race. I think we need to run a multi-issue race. But abortion really is going to have a large part of the conversation. What we're seeing um, in our volunteer numbers already, that they're super high uh, and that everybody's kind of from a collective point um, place of anger. Um, they're just they're so angry this time around. Uh, and so we're hoping that that energy is going to get people to the polls. We're going to be doing all the other technical stuff in the background. Obviously, we have to raise a lot more money. You know, I've, I've been quoted as saying I have to raise enough money to meet people at the end of their nose. That's kind of where the Hoosier electorate is. And that's just that's just the climate right now. So we have a lot of plans um, to make sure that we are going to have that boost in numbers next year for turnout. Um, obviously, a place like Marion County, uh, Democrat, you do very well. Allen County, the the region, uh, Evansville proper. What about the rest of Indiana? Obviously, you do well in the, sort of that New Albany, the, the sort of traditional Democrat, Monroe County. What about the, the rest of Indiana? Those, those sort of, you know, 
Richmond to the east, you know, Danville to, 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 right. to the west. No, I mean, I grew up in Martinsville, right? Uh, my own hometown. What we saw last year that I think I, we weren't prepared to see um, was such a strong polarization of the electorate in regards to straight ticket voting, um, Republican straight ticket voting. So when those, you know, the smaller counties come, tend to come in earlier in the night, right? And uh, we, saw, we saw ourselves doing well in our urban areas, uh, but what we saw was that people were just going into the, the voting booth and they were pulling um, Republican and stepping right out. What we've seen different um, in the last two years is when we went, when we won in precincts where we hadn't won before, or you know where we won in Carmel. What we saw in this last municipal election were municipal ballots that had choices, and so we have to get to Hoosiers and make sure that they are actually exercising that muscle uh, to to practice choice on the ballot instead of just pulling straight ticket voting. And hey, I know it, it's the same thing that Repub- uh, aggravates Republicans, right? In our Democratic areas, it was a huge point on the um, like Shreve campaign is a straight ticket voting, and so. So, um, you know, there can be information campaigns to make sure that we are talking to your everyday um, Indiana citizen and knowing that they jo- they don't have to go and push their party and walk right back out. Um, on the on the issue of voting, obviously, uh, next year is a presidential year. Uh, all indications right now is that Donald Trump is, is the likely nominee, likely nominee, because I always tell people don't I don't believe polls until this way too early to poll. But we'll, we'll assume we'll assume it's a friend run for argument's sake. How do you do? Do you run against Todd Rakita? Do you run against Donald Trump? Or do you run for Destiny Wells? Well, we're going to have to run against Todd Rakita first and foremost. Um, you know, I have some. I have residual name ID from last year. I I would love for us to be a state where we're set up and where we're um, where we are one of six states with straight ticket voting. I can't just run on Destiny Wells, right? Because some people will never see me on their ballot if that's if that's how I run. Um, it's going to be a little bit more of a science when it comes to um, Donald Trump being on the top of the ticket. Also, because we're going to have governors races where, you know, it could be um, Braun who has uh, the Trump endorsement. But that's why I preface the very beginning of our interview that we are being very mindful that we're running for attorney general we are running against todd uh i i you know you have your american flag up here in the booth uh you know i have my my military background my 20 years of service i'm very passionate about making sure that from a federal perspective that we are upholding um you know department of defense and and doing those things those are sidebars i suppose i can have with jim banks maybe at a at a dinner uh (laughs) you know but but um we we got to live our live our ethos and our values, and that's like if we're going to do business in the office, we're going to stick to business. Destiny Wells with us for a few more minutes on the program today, uh, candidate for Attorney General. Um, on, on the on the abortion issue, what is your position? Because some folks say, well, she supports abortion on demand or abortion up until like you know. Oh, you mean your friend uh, Rob Kendall? <laughs> that's oh, his oh, station, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Look, I have never said that I ever, ever supported abortion on demand up until the time of birth. This is the most ludicrous, ridiculous, lazy messaging by the far right to paint any woman who wants access to abortion as, I think, what did he call me, a maniac? I I don't even want to repeat that. Um, I I would say he's that word with the A removed. Um, But uh, anyway, I am supporting the law as it was. And we've had this conversation out on the trail. I've had it with other women. We were happy with the things, how the things, um, the way they were. And what has effectively happened is 
you know, we could say it was restricted abortion, but it has, we have had virtually zero abortions since August. Um, the, there's data out there, the numbers show, and that the women are having to flee to Illinois. If you look at what's happening with the Texas uh, case with Kate Cox that had to leave uh, to have an abortion, um, you have seen Todd Rakita hitch his wagon to that train repeatedly repeatedly look i went to i went to school down in texas i have a lot of attorney friends down in texas and ken paxton is no hero but if you heard todd rakita talk about the texas ag he is he is he's quoted as saying we're rooting for texas that that law is a win for pro-life that law would have if kate would have stayed cox would have resulted not only in her being very sick possibly dying possibly being infertile it would have also caused a baby maybe to be born that would have had a very cruel and painful life for the very short time that it was with us and so they're talking out both sides of their mouth like i said we support how it was before roe um but the also uh, from the perspective of being the Indiana Attorney General, you do have to uphold the laws that, that are set uh, by the by the legislature. Uh, final question for you. Uh, uh, Tabricate is obviously uh, under investigation uh, by the Disciplinary Commission. Uh, he was uh, sort of reprimanded beforehand. A uh, second complaint uh, has been filed against him or two or three complaints. I, I lose track after after a while. Uh, if he is disciplined by the commission, there is a chance that he may not be attorney general because under Indiana statute, you have to be a licensed attorney. There's no no getting around it. Um, your thoughts on uh, what uh, what Rakita is going through right now and the disciplinary commission itself? Yeah, I mean, like it's a, a little bit of a Curtis Hill 2.0, right? Um, just a different set of facts and slightly different set of um, ethical standards that have been violated. I think people and Abdul, you and I have talked about this. I, you know, I'm I'm taking an unscientific poll out on the trail. You got to keep it entertaining, <laughs> <laughs> and it's landed about like if he is suspended, maybe 30 to 60 days. Uh, you have to look at when the convention is. It's in mid June. Uh, if they did up to 180 days, that would then implicate his status and not being um, qualified to run for attorney general. I don't think the court will dip that far into the political space. I think they'll be mindful of that. Um, and then you know other issues to fall. So I don't have a crystal ball myself, um, but we're going to be conducting this race as if we're running against the most difficult candidate, and that would be Todd Rikita. So what's your game plan for, uh, between now and the convention? I'll raise money, Abdul. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have enjoyed reconnecting. Um, really wasn't ever out of connection with uh, our our democratic um, folks throughout the state, our PC members, our party chairs. Uh, and so we'll just be going through and um, fostering support and raising that money and, um, you know, not going to say the secret sauce, uh, but doing everything that we know we should be doing that we learned from last time. All right. Well, Destiny Wells, a candidate for Attorney General. Destiny, thank you very much for being with us. Nothing but the best of luck. We'll talk to you again next year. Okay. Bye-bye. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.